0: I was driving down the road, and I was like, "Oh, why has someone left like some tires? You know, car tires in the road, like black car tires." And as I approached, like, "Oh God, that's not tires. That's a bear." So I had to like slow down and swerve out of the way a little bit. Yeah, this is black bears. You know, just foraging around looking for food. No one else around.
1: Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today is a fellow traveler and uh, I have been his guest on his podcast winging it recently and I liked talking to him. I think we have a lot in common and I am quite happy to have him on the other side of the table today. As we say, talking about all this traveling that we do not together, but uh, a lot of it. So, James Hammond, welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, and thank you for getting up so early for me in Vancouver.
0: Hello, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me on, and it's an absolute pleasure.
1: One of the first things that I want to ask you, because we were going to, we were talking about it before we started recording, "Winging It." Why mm. is a podcast called "Winging It"?
0: Because when I was at home, UK, this is where I'm from. My mum just said to me one day, she said, oh, you know, "Are you ever going to like <laughs> sort of?" sort yourself out and I said oh, what do you mean she goes well ever since you became an adult well maybe since university so twenty-one, 22, you've just been winging it through life and I'm like yeah you're right <laughs> and it's not gonna stop anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> so that's exactly where the podcast name come from is my, for my mum because I think she's used to it now but I just keep you know fl- flicking around different countries different travels living in different places and kind of not really having a set plan.
1: Does she approve it now, now that you have this gorgeous podcast and, uh, you know, you, you <laughs> turned out well. <laughs>
0: yeah. Turned out okay, yeah. There, there's there's a few moments in the past, but I think I've done, done okay. I think she's used to it. Yeah. I don't think she listens to the podcast, but I think she's used to me not being there so much now.
1: You know, when you say, apart from a few moments, I, I think that, our life, you're younger than I am, but I am so glad that we had no social media because the things we did, the things I did in my 20s, oh my God, I am so <laughs> glad that nobody knows anything about it. <laughs> and uh, I sometimes feel sorry for all these young people because they don't really have any, you know, dark zone anymore Where because everything, everybody knows everything and that's not really yeah. necessary. So tell me, James, when did you start traveling? When were you on a plane for the first time?
0: The plane... A plane for the first time would have been just for university in in school, like the college era between 16 and 18, right? I don't know what you called it, where in Switzerland or Cyprus, but in UK it's called sixth form. So you -hmm. you do your studies to get into university. And that would have been on a school trip to Berlin. Oh. Um, Because previously, because my family was very uh, working class and not too much money, Never got the opportunity to, to ever travel, even within the UK, it was just kind of staying in my hometown, right? So the first opportunity came at school women on a history trip to Germany and Berlin. So that's the first time on the plane. But the first time I normally say properly would have been 2010, end of the year, Christmas and New Year's in Australia. That was the first proper flight.
1: So that was a, a real trip. That that's that's a that's a long trip to go to Australia, long. New Zealand. Yeah. How long did you stay? What did you see?
0: We went to watch the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just two did and a bit weeks.
1: you or was it mostly? Yeah, we
0: did. Yeah, in between. Because um, cricket lasts five days, right? So yeah. every day you go to the anything. game.
1: If there is, I mean, my son used to play rugby. I didn't know anything about rugby. Oh, I got, rugby. I got okay. to learn a little bit, But cricket, I have absolutely no idea. I don't, I, I mean, if I watch it, it, it means nothing to me.
0: Okay. Well, the games can last five days. So it's quite a quite a journey. So yeah, we we arrived in Perth, and then we stayed with my friend's family. And before and after, yeah, a bit of sightseeing around the local area. We had them driving us to some locations, saw the Pinnacles, which is just north of Perth, and checked out Perth City. And then we flew, had Christmas Day there. Then we flew, I think that's on Christmas Day, to Melbourne, and then had the the big thing in Melbourne is the Boxing Day cricket match happens every year. 90,000 people go and watch cricket, wh- whoever Australia play. So that was that, that trip. And we w- went there. England won against Australia and it's really good. And A lot of drinking, a lot of pieing, a bit of sightseeing.
1: Do you play cricket or you, do you just like to watch?
0: I don't play cricket, no. I, I watch cricket. I think modern generation is going to struggle because of a very long game. You know, nowadays people are so short attention span. I don't think they're going to get into it as much because it requires a lot of, attention a lot of concentration patience I don't think it's gonna, gonna last that long
1: yeah this is an interesting thing that you're saying here about the attention span I mean you can see it when people, that the videos that we you know like some of the stuff that you do as well that I do if those videos last more than 3 4 minutes people don't watch through.
0: Yeah exactly yeah.
1: You know unless you tell <laughs> them unless you tell them something so earth-shattering that they they have to stay or you know you keep <laughs> yeah. them, you keep them but but otherwise it's 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 interesting and if you say 5 days I love watching tennis and you know even a oh, okay. tennis can be very long you know sometimes when it goes into five sets and then Mm. into a tie break but five days is is long that you must love it then so what after after that so did did that trip to australia australia kind of open something up did it did it what did it do to you
0: yeah it definitely it was a watershed moment it changed me the first thing i remember when i landed australia was like wow what is this place like it's hot it's like new it's like yeah it's quite it's new new world a little bit right if you talk about colonizations it's new it's hot It's clean. And it's really chilled. And I fell in love straight away. And I was like, right, I need to come back. But the problem at that point is I was halfway through my degree. So I was like, right, well, okay. I put In my head, I put a plan together. It's like, right, two years left. Every moment possible, I'll work and try and save some money. And I will go on my big trip in January 2013. That was the plan. So I had, when I arrived back in January 2011, I had two years to get prepared for my big long trip was two years at that point, um, in January, 2013. So that kind of changed my mindset. Cause I, my, my mindset to that point was music, I studied studying music and it was all about trying to be a musician, but that switched over two weeks.
1: Amazing. Then I, went, then I went,
0: then I went, then I went straight to the January 13 and yeah, I went for two years, which was like Asia, Australia again, and South America.
1: Everywhere, Ali, I mean, you just did, how about Africa? Have you been on the African continent?
0: Okay. No, seen the content I've not been on. No, um, you... I think for the the two year trip that I had in twenty thirteen was planned with my friend from university for the first six months. So in Southeast Asia, Fiji, New, New Zealand, Australia. But I, I stayed in Australia to work because you, you can get a work visa. And then after that year later was World Cup football World Cup in Brazil. So I planned my trip around South America caribbean new york and home
1: that's a long trip that's a lot of mm. traveling that's being away what 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 was the most impressive or what was what was the best moment and what was the worst moment of these uh of this trip
0: the best moment would have been oh crikey that's a there's so many good moments in that trip i thought machu picchu was a was a top moment that was that would have been in 2014 july and we worked so hard to get there like it's a bit of a trek, like four days yeah. I thought, oh wow, this is this is the pinnacle of the trip of the whole trip. This is awesome. Like the scale of it, a really good group. Loved the trek. Loved the people that I was walking with. And it, I wouldn't say I went downhill from there, but it, that was a high point. And maybe a low point was, I don't really have any low points. Maybe maybe low point was actually coming back. <laughs> um,
1: you know it's so funny that you're saying that because <laughs> you know I used to be a tour guide I, I was traveling with groups so I was yeah. like sometimes going for three weeks and in those three weeks I was the most important person in that group I was the center of all the attention and mm. I used to like obviously enjoy that it was hard work but then sometimes I was sitting in the train home from the airport from Zurich airport to Lucerne and I was I had a slight depression because suddenly yeah. you know, you know, it was it was this. What do you call it? This anti climax. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody's interested. Yeah. <laughs> <And> you had <laughs> you experienced all these amazing things, and it takes quite a bit to digest.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you have this like notion in your mind that's going to be a bit more of a a fanfare when you arrive home. Right? People are going to want to catch up with you, and it happens for two or three weeks, and then people just
1: almost yeah. forget. And
0: you are like, oh god, what am I doing now? Yeah, um, yeah. If, if you want, if, we, if you want a low moment during the trip like cause that's that's an obvious one during a trip there's a moment in australia where i realized i was running out of money but i needed money to go to south america And i was like oh my god like my my work is not i don't vineyard so like there wasn't enough work and luckily through a friend i managed to get six weeks work in the australian mines which is working in the kitchen so fly in fly out work mm-hmm. really well paid but 12 hour days real tough and I had no choice but to do it. And it saved me to go on a trip because I was managed to get enough money to go. But the, but the moment between realizing that I've not got enough money to that point of starting work was quite a low point.
1: Like to do what you wanted to do, what you had been planning to do. You mentioned Machu Picchu before, and I read somewhere, I don't know if you have, but I read recently somewhere, I don't remember where, that Machu Picchu has been closed. I mean, they they, they are not issuing any more um, permits to go mm. So I was thinking. Imagine if you have planned a trip, if you if you say you know I have a flight to Peru in in in, in November, yeah. and you planned all this, and you actually then find out that you're kind be horrible, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's grim. There's two groups that go right. There's the the trekkers. So you start your four day trek from Cusco ish, yeah, and you get to go in Machu Picchu from a different angle, right? you get to go through the gate, and you get there at six a.m. So before yeah, you have a lot. And the other people are the day trippers from Aguas Calientes. This is the problem. Day trippers are, you know, it's easy going to day trip, isn't it? That's the problem where they got sorted out. Because I think that the hikers aren't that much because they issue permits. So that's like controllable, but the day trippers. They're the ones yeah, causing... I
1: think, obviously we were, I was there with uh, people. I wasn't, I didn't hike. I was, I've been mm. to the beach, but not, uh, not hiking. So I was part of the problem group then.
0: Yeah, because I can't control it because yeah, who yeah. can control who arrives at a town and you get the bus up and it's all good, right?
1: Yeah. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about the feeling of traveling and what does it do to us? What does traveling, what What did it do to you? Do you feel that it's damaged you for life, not in, in a good way?
0: Yeah, it has damaged me in a good way. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I told someone else on the podcast the other day that, you know, that when you leave, well, I left my mum and my sister at the bus station. This is January 2013, right? And they knew I was gone for almost two years. Some people might find that really hard to do. And it was a tiny bit hard, but for me, it was totally easy. Right decision. This is what I was meant to do on the bus to London, then going to Bangkok. I was like, no, this is great. Exactly what I'm doing. Like, it felt totally right. And since then, I just kind of love going to new places. I can't describe it in any way. I love seeing a new place, and that could be as granular as like a little village to like a big country, right? So
1: yeah, yeah, it it, it's addictive. Top. Yeah, you see, and I have. I'm quite a bit older than you, and I still have that. And yeah. uh, I had. That's how I started this podcast in in uh, in 2020 when I was actually no 21. In 2020, I suffered silently <laughs> because. when... <laughs> When the, when uh, COVID started, I was just paralyzed. We were all par- where were you? Yeah, where were you, where were you when COVID started? Here in Vancouver. In Vancouver. So you yeah. were locked up in Vancouver. What was Vancouver like during COVID?
0: Wasn't that bad in terms of being knocked down. because there's lots of nature around, right? Yeah. So if you jumped in a car to go on a walk, plenty of options. So never felt we we're contained. It, but the, the tough part was the winter because it rains constantly. So unless you want to go out in the rain. Like it's it's pretty tough. You have no options because you can't go anywhere indoors because it's mm-hmm. the, the rules, right? So mm-hmm. you do have to stay where you are. But in the summer, it is okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I here on the island of Cyprus, COVID, you know, going through COVID, I have a big garden and, and the sea is five minutes away. So I really can't complain. We had a time when we actually had to send a text message to the government when we left the house. We were only allowed to leave oh, wow. once a day. It was very strict here. And we had to say wow. what we we're doing. Of course, most people were lying, you know, like I used, <laughs> I used, I used to combine various things. You, you, you know, like if, if you say you're going shopping, I obviously went, went for a walk before and, and and did some. It used to. It, it said for a reasonable amount of time. You know what? What's a reasonable amount of time? If you if you drive an hour to go shopping, then uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no yeah, but, exactly. but, You know, I, it's there are there were places. Imagine if you were locked up in an apartment in Manhattan. You know, with with a, with two children who had to be homeschooled and two adults who had to work. Yeah, home. it was that.
0: Yeah, we are in an apartment, so we did have the apartment feel. But yeah, it was not too bad compared to other people.
1: Yeah. And uh, and that's when I realized that, you know, I felt like I was missing a limb. I feel like not being able to go to the airport, not being able to leave. And then I thought maybe I should start writing about my traveling. And then I mm. thought, no, talking about it is, is, is also very therapeutic, generally, to talk about it and to listen to other people who have the same feelings about traveling, I think. Travelers have some have a lot in common. It's a, it's a soul thing,
0: very much a soul thing, and it's all leading to a point, especially for us, where in the future we will travel again. Right? Um, yeah. How can we not? Because we've not done it f- properly for years now. Um, luckily, some pe- people managed to get out pretty quick. But even the the year afterwards, right, when lockdown finished, it was still it was still tough to travel because of the permits and the PCR tests. We we did travel a few times in that period. And it was just a bit. Like, oh, crikey. Um, but now it seems mess. to be okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, my husband and I went to a conference in Spain and we had to stop over in Athens. And you actually travel with a file. You have a paper to leave the country, then you have a paper to enter Athens, <laughs> you have a paper to leave Athens. It's crazy. It was crazy. I mean, Different it was world. a nice feeling this year for the first time to actually just go on a plane again without, you know, like a normal yeah. person. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really nice.
1: Yeah. So, um Out of all this traveling, I always say that. I feel that we're all the same. Do you feel we're all the same? Does does traveling um, help us understand the world more?
0: I I think I I I put it into four groups, actually, personally. I said to Emily the other day, my girlfriend, I think there's four groups. I think there's at one scale people who don't like going on holiday or traveling, not interested. They're over there. Then you've got the the next group who maybe love their job or, or never quit their job. So they do travel or holiday in a a lot of time for like three to four weeks a year, depending on how much vacation time you get as that group. Maybe they go someplace different, but mostly just only three, four weeks a year. Then you've got the next group where I put myself, where we would travel as much as we can, but don't have the means in terms of money. So we have to work, live somewhere, save, travel. That's the group I'm in. And we would do it as much as we can. And then you've got the other group, which is extreme travelers who just go to really weird places and they do it all the time somehow. They do it all the time. The are count, country counting, they the extreme. I think they're the four groups in my mind, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm in the third group where I will always try to work, but the ultimate goal, battle of how much money have I got? How much longer do I have to work? Where can I go?
1: So basically what you do is just you travel, you, you work to travel. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly yeah, that. As soon as yeah. there
0: is enough, you go again. Yeah, there's nothing. I don't own anything. I have no no car, no house, no. The most expensive thing I have is my guitar, which is at home at my at mum's place. So I don't really have anything. Apart
1: yeah, from but you know, I I, I'm actually recording an episode with somebody this week, another traveler, another one of our fellow uh, world travelers. And his slogan is, "I'd rather have a passport full of stamps than than a house full of stuff."
0: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and experiences to to remember, yes. right?
1: Yes, because yeah. you know, we're gonna we're here for such a short time, and we yeah. n- never know. You just never know, and you know if you actually start saving for a sofa. I mean, nobody's going to care at the end whether you had a nice <laughs> <Yeah>. sofa, <laughs> but you do sit when you sit because I always, you know, because of my coaching and my other stuff that I do um The books that I read, there is this book that you know the things that people regret on their deathbed, and nobody regrets uh-huh. what they did. Everybody, re- most people regret what they didn't do.
0: Yeah, and it, I don't know if you, I don't know if you find this. I get slightly annoyed sometimes when I talk about my trip. Let's say I'm going to go somewhere next year for a period of time. Let's say six months, and then someone says, oh, "I'd love to do that." I'm like, <laughs> "There's two things that well, you can do that, but it's also what, what are your priorities." If your priority is to have a house and to own a house, then it's going to be very difficult to own a house and pay for a house and pay to go away for six months a year because you need to have a serious amount of money for that. And it's a sacrifice to leave the house, right? You need to rent it out and then make sure that that tenant's okay. So people need to prioritize what they want. And I find that it's an empty comment sometimes because they would never do it because they would always want to have their job or their house. And yeah. different
1: people. It takes guts. It takes a lot of guts, actually, to yeah. be different. And, and um, you know, as you say, we don't all have to have a house because, uh, because we have different priorities. And it's all, everything in life is about priorities. What do I really, yeah. really want? Now, I want to talk also about that fourth category that you mentioned, the country counters. Yeah. Um, th- those people actually annoy me. <laughs> oh
0: did i oh, okay yeah
1: <laughs> because i know i i have been to over 100 countries but it's because yeah. i am so old i have lived <laughs> a lot longer than other people so it just happened and it i didn't most most of the traveling that i did i, I got paid for it because i, I the first mm. i was a guide and then i was a conference uh, interpreter of course i traveled yeah. also because i love to travel but I don't believe that you can count the country that you have visited for one day.
0: Yeah, I know. But the, these guys are extreme travellers, right? They they will plan a trip, let's say, to Bouvet Island, which is in uh, way down south. I think South Atlantic, I think. And it takes five days to get there by boat. And they'll, they'll do this, pay a lot of money, just to step on the island to say they've been there. That, that's the level that they're at. And these guys are all... They are all older, to be fair. Apparently, the, the top guys, the ones at the top who've been to every country and are now going to every region, they're mostly men. They're mostly white males. And I've done a podcast interview on this, and it's coming out in September. But, yeah, they they will go to extremes and pay extreme money just to say they've been somewhere. And it's a, a sort of a competition. Mm. Um, but there's a, there's a few in, in that group who also love home. It's an interesting dynamic in that group. Uh, I'm starting to read more about it and I was a bit like you, I was a bit annoyed at them, but I'm maybe starting to be a bit more, I don't know what the word is, I'm starting to like them a bit more. <laughs> I, I'm, to, I'm, I'm trying to understand what, they, what, they, what their, their feelings is. Yeah. But in that group, there's no one young because to get to every country in the world and over a hundred countries like yourself, it's going to take a while.
1: Yeah. Unless a, you're rich. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But Yeah, that's true. Of course, I had the the luck to do like a. We used to have a trip called the South Sea World Tour. We went around the world in twenty one days, and I got paid for that. But to be honest, I used to feel sorry for the people that traveled with me because they were so they were tired. There were so many different times. Twenty one days. Travelling around the world, they didn't know what currency to use anymore. They were falling asleep in the bus as soon as it drove off. You know what, yeah. what? they didn't? They paid a lot of money for excursions. And they were not so young anymore because usually those trips were very expensive. So you had people who had. So, um no, no, I, I wouldn't recommend that at all. Um I think I really believe that. You see, the thing about travelling is also, in my opinion, I don't know if you share my opinion, but it's about learning about A
0: culture and about and about people. Mm. Slow travel, right? You want to stay somewhere and see it properly, right? You don't want to dip in for a week to to USA (laughs) because it's huge, right? You you could spend a week in one city, really. So, yeah, the idea for me going in the future is to do more long travel, where hopefully I can just not be as quick, chill out a little bit, and see the culture and and see more of that culture.
1: Yes, and and, and and talk to locals and understand. You know what life is in this country. And I mean, you mentioned yeah. the U.S. The U.S. You know, people often make fun of the Americans and say, you know, they don't even have a passport. But to be honest, mm. they have such a beautiful country; they can travel all their lives without leaving the country.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They could they could tell you that they they learned skiing and surfing and ranch, you know, horse ranching and learn to be a barista in, in a big city all around the country because it is that diverse. Yeah. And I, I don't blame him. I really don't. Uh, I do have a few people who come on podcast to talk about that. There's yeah. a podcast actually, and a blog. No, it's a blog. Actually, it's not a podcast. It's a blog called road unraveled by a couple of American uh, American couple. And they come to podcast to tell me about their, their point of their blog is to get Americans to use their vacation time. Cause in the U S it's a, it's a culture not to take vacation because they feel bad or there's pressure from management that they shouldn't take it, you should be at work. And even when they do take it, they just stay in the U.S. and they want people to maybe branch out a little bit further field and see a different culture. So they're trying to encourage employers and employees to use all their vacation time. It's quite an interesting. I yeah,
1: wrote and rabble. I wrote it down because that sounds interesting. Yeah. How about Canada? How, how What is your experience with the Canadians? I, I love the Canadians. I have always uh, felt that they're easy to live with. Do you have the same feeling, same experience?
0: Oh, yeah. Very, very chilled. I also think they probably get more chilled going east, I'd imagine. But, yeah, in Vancouver, they're... when I go home, I notice a difference. So I go home to the UK, I'm like, oh, my God, it's a bit edgy. It's a bit not as nice, a bit faster paced. So when I come back to Canada, it's like, oh. It's a bit more, it's bigger. It's a bit more spaced out. It's a bit more chilled. The nicer, yeah, it is a real nice feel here. I do like it. We've been here four years, so well are approaching four years. So we have liked it here. I do like Vancouver a lot. There's some downsides, but yeah, I've really enjoyed my time here, especially people I work with. They're really nice.
1: Have you traveled within Canada?
0: Been to the Rockies a few times. Yeah. Real close. But that's as far east as we've been. Been to Vancouver Island. So we've been to like that whole western Canada, if you like. Yeah. And then I've been to Toronto and Ontario eight years ago, twenty fourteen. Okay, so I've been there before, but in this portion, no, we haven't because of COVID and
1: yeah,
0: uh, just ha- trips got cancelled and we just haven't done it yet.
1: The last time we, I I, tra- I drove with the kids from uh, Calgary to Vancouver through the parks, which nice. is very very stunning. Cool so beautiful we had such a wonderful time uh, my only complaint this was in, was in september and i didn't see a bear i think oh okay telling me that they're already on their way to hibernate so they were not in my on my path
0: i saw two bears last time actually on the road unbelievable first time ever yeah i was driving down the road and i was like oh why has someone left like some tires you know car tires in the road like black car tires and as I approached, like, oh, God, that's not tires, that's a bear. So I had to, like, slow down and swerve out the way a little bit. Yeah, this is black bear, just, you know, just foraging around, looking for food. No one else around. Obviously, I didn't stop. I carried on. But a lot of people do stop to get out and take photos, which you shouldn't do. No. Nope. But, yeah, no, don't do that. Which, which was the second time, which is what happened. Cars parked on the side of the road, taking photos of a bear. I'm like, you guys are nuts. If that bear just turns on you. You've had it.
1: I think it depends a little bit on the time of the year. Like now in autumn, they're well fed. They're not so aggressive anymore. But when they just come out of hibernation, you should definitely not bear.
0: Yeah. No, this was June. So yeah, I'd say that's still a bit risky.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would think yeah. so. So James, tell me, if you had an unlimited amount of money available to travel, what would you do?
0: <laughs> I'll just keep on going. I'd be one of the extreme (laughs) travellers. No, I think I would...
1: (laughs) You would be a counter.
0: Yeah, I would slow travel to as many places as I could. I always said that to my partner. I was like, why don't people with loads of money, why don't they travel? And I would stick to the principles of my own travel, like try and be in budget-friendly places in terms of like maybe hostels or... I wouldn't go high-end, I'd stick to low-end because I want to meet some people, right? I don't want to stay in five-star hotels, not interested. So it'll be low-end travel, budget travel, get the bus, and just see as many countries as possible. And also, don't be afraid to go home to take a break. Yeah. Because I think even for our trip in the future, which will be a long travel trip, there's going to be points where we're going to stop and stay somewhere for a period of time, right? So I want to learn Spanish. I want to learn how to make coffee. um, I want to learn how to like be a photographer so these are like things i need to like learn courses in one place and yeah that's fine that's absolutely fine like stay there do that then move on not always next day next day next day i think that's yeah. key so when you, you wouldn't older, really think,
1: change well. you wouldn't really change that much so what will you do now, now, in in reality, before the question was, what would you do? What is in in uh, what's happening in your future, in the near future, or in the future? What are you?
0: Yeah, plan- I think. We'll, yeah, I think we will plan to, just to travel again, and it'll be long term. I'm I'm hoping, I don't know, eighteen months, two years of a trip. I think we've saved enough money to stretch it out. Um, when we'll go is the, is a big question, but it will it will happen. It'll probably be next year at some point. I don't know when, and. We will leave Vancouver for a bit. Um, But we do have permanent residency here in Canada, so we can come back, um, which is a five-year residency card. So I think we will just hop back to Europe, and then I think we want to see Middle East, Europe, Middle East. um, Where you are is a great sort of interconnectivity there. We can hop over to Cyprus, come and see you for lunch in your garden. and then You're welcome. Yeah, and then hop off towards East Asia then come back here and do a road trip across Canada because we haven't seen Canada as far yeah. as you know the Rockies but no further. So that would be the plan to go and see that and yeah. US and our camper van because we've got a camper van here so we'd leave it here.
1: Yeah you know then, this area where I am in the eastern Met like from here it's a 20 minutes flight to Lebanon and it's a 40 minutes God. flight to Tel Aviv and to Cairo and to be honest, I've been to Lebanon many times and to Egypt, but I went for the first time last year to Jordan and mm. I absolutely fell in love with Jordan. It is so mm. beautiful, And there is so much to, do. I mean, just sleeping in the desert in, in, in Wadi Rum is, is Wadi Rum?
0: Yeah.
1: oh my God, it's, it's, you know, if you don't, you have to do that once in your life. And um, I want to go back as soon as possible. I haven't realized it. It's, it you, you you find out things sometimes much later, but definitely worth it. This is a good. The only thing in this part of the world is the politics. You know, it, it, yeah, you, of course. And it's such a shame. It's it's so unnecessary. I always say this area where I live: Turkey, Greece, Cyprus, Syria if there was no politic and no religion they're all the same people they have this huge feeling for hospitality yes they, you know the way they feed you the cooking the beautiful food and uh, it's it's a shame i i what would what do you think the world would be if there were no wars what would it be like
0: oh, um yeah i i sort of delve a little bit into this i don't get too much into politics the, the unfortunate thing for politics is people re- watch the news, right? Unfortunately, which means that as soon as you as soon as you say Middle East, a lot of people go, "Oh, wars, killing." I'm like, but f- when I when I first Middle East, I'm like hospitality. I think it's known for people welcoming you in. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, there's a few minorities in a lot of these countries that grabs the headlines for the people, but the people itself are absolutely normal. They want to see you. Uh, someone quoted me about their trip in Iran, and they're American. And they said Iran. Yeah, yeah. And the Iranian taxi driver to this person I was speaking to said that, oh, we love Americans. Now, if you're American and listen to this, you'd be like, you'd be shocked to hear that probably. But they do. They, they want to just meet normal people who come to their country to see their country. And unfortunately, it's just a few at the top of the politics chain that, ruins it for for a lot of people. Yeah. But I have faith because it's a very small minority at the top and the majority are the people. So if you can just get into the real people locally in any of these countries, you'll be fine, I think.
1: Yeah, it's such a shame because, yeah, my daughter traveled through Iran for six weeks. They actually traveled from Armenia by bus into Iran and then all the way down to the Persian Gulf. They just had a fantastic time. She did a cooking class as well because she yeah. she has a degree in hospitality management and she likes all that stuff. And it's just beautiful. And I want to go. It's not far from me. And but you see, it, it's exactly what you said. Just the word Middle East yeah. triggers people, and that it does. That's, yeah, that's all. That all boils down to the news and and all the fake news very often that is spread
0: yeah and i hate that as well and i'm trying on my podcast trying to get as much stories from middle east as possible because i want people to change their viewpoint and there's one there's one caveat for me trying to run for example is british canadians usa i think irish now have to do a tour so we can't arrive on arrival and get a visa and go we have to organize a tour that's just because of politics right (laughs) um like it's the same for Iranians going to UK. They have to do a tour properly. So it's all reciprocal and it's all politics that no one cares about. But it's a rule, right? So unfortunately, I can't do what your daughter did because I think we'd have to organise a set tour.
1: Yeah. Um, which no. is
0: unfortunate because I really envy like someone like your daughter who you can just turn up six weeks across. Oh,
1: it was yeah. amazing. I mean, I, I have to tell you though, even though I was a very adventurous young person. when my do- The night that my daughter actually traveled from uh, Armenia to Iran in a- on a bus, I thought, oh, my God. You know? so oh, Really? I, I didn't sleep <laughs> very well that night. But you see, then I, I also believe we have to have a little faith. I have faith in people because I mm. believe that the world is, people are good. You know, we, yeah. al- we always talk about the bad people. These yeah, no. are about but the bad people, but most people are good.
0: And when you ask someone on your podcast, like, oh, why do you love a certain country? A lot of them would probably saying, oh, I love the people. <laughs> and that's how many times do you hear that? So it can't be a coincidence. It must be a generic thing. An example that some guy I met who's hitchhiking in Africa. And he said, out of all the countries traveled to, like the Sudanese are the nicest people that he's met. Now, if you say Sudan to the local population, they probably think, all oh, war or trouble, but he said as soon as across the border, the border guy invited him in for lunch and gave him lunch. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, why his visa was getting processed, like it's just stuff like that you'll you'll never hear about. So you have to go and experience it yourself.
1: Yeah, I think, it, and that's why it's we are not just doing this for fun. I'm sure you're in to say you have the same. opinion. I'm doing this because I want to get people closer. Because yeah. as I always say, I believe I have traveled to so many places, and what I have learned is that we are all the same.
0: And do you, do you ever analyse the podcast genres, right? So the, the most popular poc- podcast genres, for example, going not off topic here, it's, it is on topic. The most popular ones are news, um, like true crime, I think education, they're the top three. Now, two out of three of those are bad because news is probably going to be something controversial and something to talk about. True crime is about someone killing someone. People love, like, unfortunately, a lot of people love sort of that negative yes. vibe. Yes. Whereas travel is low down because it's all... It's all pretty much positive about why somewhere's good to go to. Yes. So yeah, I want to change it. I want to try and help the travel podcasters like yourself be more listenable and get up the charts, right? Because we need to spread positive words.
1: Absolutely definitely. true. I mean, this is so important to, to to change the world, to change the view of the world. Because yes you know and not have this feeling that you go to, just to hear a certain like you say sudan or middle east or i don't know what they are beautiful places filled with beautiful people with beautiful mm. food and especially middle east the first thing that comes to my mind is food <laughs> oh yeah that's that's,
0: that's number two <laughs> hospitality food
1: <laughs> yes yeah, exactly yeah. and uh and you know i have also learned one thing the other when you're nice to people people are nice to you
0: yeah if you invested in the. Their culture, right? And you learn a few words in their language, and yes, that can go a long way. It can go a Absolutely. long way.
1: James. We're coming to the end. Mm. What are your last words to these travel podcast business? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or for what? What is your advice for somebody who wants to start traveling? Somebody who wants to do what you do? Work to travel.
0: Yeah, I think start small. So if you're not travel for, maybe travel to. I don't know, another state or a country that's really close and just dip dip your toes in for a little bit, maybe do a short trip, see how you like it. And in terms of working to travel, just put a plan in place if you can, because it's hard to imagine going now if you can't do it, right? So I don't know, certain amount of money per month. Okay, I'm going to go in a year's time for a month. I'm going to put this amount of money away per month, stick to your plan. And then also when you plan your trip, try and leave a bit of spontaneity in there. Don't plan too much but make sure if you can possibly get out a little bit of your comfort zone and get a bit of culture shock in you because it will help help you long term and understand that in the future you shouldn't get that much culture shock anymore and it will help you in certain situations and go to certain cultures. So Middle East for me is new, so that'll be a new thing for me next year, but I'm so determined to go there that it's not going to happen, it's definitely going to happen. So I'm looking forward to it and for me it's planning and yeah, just kind of, get out there a little bit. Don't, don't be stuck in your job. Materialistic things don't matter to an extent and get those experiences in your belt because I guess by the time you reach really old age, I don't think you'd be sitting there admiring your house. I think you'd be sitting there looking back at the times that you had traveling or meeting people. So yeah, that's that's my my wordage. So true.
1: So true. And yes, Lunch is waiting in my garden when, you're, <laughs> when you are in my area. I would love to have you in Cyprus. Come visit, and you know, Cyprus is also a good hub. You can like come and go if you want to visit those places, or just like you couldn't, for example, travel from Israel to Lebanon, that you would have to come back to. There are no connections, so you will have to come back to a neutral place,
0: yeah. And also, politics again, unfortunately, for the Middle East, right? I, I was thinking about the just the geography of Europe and the Middle East. My ideal would be Turkey through to Iran, right? Mm-hmm. But then I thought, well, if you go to Iran and all these other places before Israel, you're going to get questioned at the border. Yeah. It's pretty standard. So people say go to Israel first because there's no stamp on your passport. Mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking, well, if I just come to Turkey to you, to Cyprus, and then just hop over to Israel and start that way, it might be just a little bit easier. Unfortunately, but that's just the, the way it is at the minute.
1: Well, it's all about planning, isn't it? And um, I think this is what we do. So thank you so much, James, for being on most memorable journeys and for taking the time to speak to me.
0: No, it's an absolute pleasure. Love coming on and I can't wait to hear back.
1: If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share, and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.